0: Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer
1: you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and
0: effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello everyone, I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're gonna get into a very different subject. This is, we're gonna be talking holistic. You know, it's taking a holistic approach to your marketing, uh, you know, campaigns, your website, the different things that you end up doing and looking at it from a whole different point of view. I've got Mike Vinci, Shantytown Design. He uses this approach with his clients at every turn, you know, every chance he gets, because, you know, it's really important, you know, that we take a really, like, you want to look at your marketing campaigns in a totally different light and a different way. Mike, it's great to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Hey, Cash. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, yeah. So, we're, we're Shantytown Design. Uh, what that is, we're, we're, we're your design and marketing department that's kind of our our mantra is that when we're we are we we are been around for 10 years and now it's really trying to evolve and we're trying to help you by let, taking off some of that weight um so it's, it's basically just uh working with you to be that department for you maybe you don't need to hire on that next full-time employee you have instead a whole team to at your disposal to work with so that's kind of where that, that steps into that holistic approach, basically.
0: Okay, so, you know, to get this subject started, I, can you define for us, you know, and if you need to, like, give a little bit of an example, like, you know, what is, a, what is the holistic approach when yeah. we're talking marketing? And then how, I say, to really make it so that everybody's on the same page, you know, how... Um, kind of give a, an example of how it's applied, you know, just to if you were bringing on a new client, you know, what would that look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so the, the whole thing is uh, most businesses don't necessarily have just one goal that they're trying to accomplish, right? It's as a business grows, it's really about, uh, okay, well, we need to work on lead gen, but we also need to work on like our brand and the refreshment of that. Um, and those all lead into each other. So it's it's not about just offering a single service and here's, here's the task, we'll accomplish it, see you later. It's about growing with that business, understanding what that business is, uh, and really getting into that nitty gritty uh, to, you know, who is their client? Who are they selling to? So then we need to understand what that means in all the different outlets. So you know, sometimes that fire starter is just oh, you, you need a brand refresh. You need a new website. Um, but what, what holistically, what does that mean? Uh, because that's not why you're not getting that business necessarily. You're not necessarily not getting business because your site doesn't look good. It's maybe the other aspects, the, the lead gen, the social media, the SEO, just getting people to your website. Um, and it's it's really about meeting the clients where they're at uh and not trying to fit them into a box that we provide like oh here is we we have systems that have worked and templates that have worked uh with other clients and so we'll apply that when we're working with client but it's not necessarily like all right here's your problem here's this box to fix that problem um you know kind of a good example is recently working with a client we've been working with them for for a few years and uh they just signed on for some seo services um and what what we took into account is when when you're talking seo sometimes you're thinking tracking that conversion and uh here's here's the steps to track that conversion using ga4 and all that Mm -hmm. um so you know for you know first step easy conversion easy uh conversion tracking all right, we're gonna do some thank you pages, some confirmation pages for forms. Now we, we understand people going through the forms, X, Y, Z. Um, and one of the conversions that we originally wanted to track and the conversation was to track that was people that are booking with them, people that want to book with them. Um, so through this, they, they were like, well, you know what? It is important for us to track that, but we're actually way more important uh, way more interested in just people booking and getting on our schedule. You know, okay. they, we want them to book. We want them to get on our schedule. It's an offsite scheduling platform. So we're not so so much concerned about uh, seeing who's clicking through those forms. Um, so then, you know, so, right, they were in that box of like, okay, here's how we want to track these conversions. And then it turned into, okay, meet you where you're at. Let's focus on the content pushing people to book now and then we're going to follow those conversions in a different route. We're going to be more concerned about content uh, and what, and what people are seeing on the site, how to use your site. Uh, Yeah. So that kind of,
0: yeah. yeah, Okay. So, well, so often when you know, business owners and stuff are looking at their marketing. Yeah. They're they're zeroing in on one particular aspect, yeah. And the thing is, is if you're taking a holistic approach to it, you're looking at um, multiple things to deal with it, right? You know, it's not just I need conversions. That's too, you know, simplistic. You know, yeah, we all need that. Great, right? granted. You know, but how are you actually getting them there? that's the issue, you know, that you might be tackling. And so you're looking at the bigger picture, you're looking at the original like source that they're coming from, where are they landing on the pages? What are they seeing there? What is attracting to them, you know, attracting them to submit, but also what's maybe turning them off? You know, what is that experience for the customer, you know, or potential customer look like, you know, and, even when you get into branding and stuff like that, you know, like how are you looking across the board? So it's taking a sort of a bigger picture approach to it to be able to, um, see everything that they're seeing. Cause often, you know, I say, um, I've talked with a few people on, on like funnels and stuff, you know, and, to me funnels can be, you know, that's a very simplistic approach. You have the top of the funnel and then you have the middle and then you have the bottom, which is the conversion piece of it and stuff. But it's assuming that everybody is like siloed, you know, and they see nothing else. They just see whatever the initial, you know, hook was, you know, what was the, you know, to get them into the funnel to begin with. So you have that top, you know, uh, approach. And when we're looking at it holistically, we're looking at it as being a bigger picture, seeing that they're going to travel around. Um, I always l- like the, um, you know, landing pages. I think are always a really good, you know, uh, subject when it kind of comes to this because you have two forms of landing pages typically, and it's, it comes down to like we put in the header or we don't. Yeah, and th- not putting it in there, which is appropriate in some cases. Uh, assumes that you're going to be able to make the conversion happen on that page Mm -hmm. versus allowing the header to be in there with the idea that the conversion may come somewhere else because you're allowing them to navigate. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's a good point in the sense of we kind of call them two different things. There's the segmenting um, pillar of a landing page that Mm -hmm. like it's an internal landing page, you know, you're still going to, link throughout your website, you're still going to find it. So if you want to segment by state or location in general, um, you know, people can still get that, get there from your website. Whereas the landing page, maybe like headerless, is something that maybe you're running ads to something you're, that's not, you're not getting to it through the site Mm -hmm. Um, and just what, what that really means um, for that type of landing page. You know, if you're running an ad to a, a landing page, you're really, the, the goal is the conversion right there. You're trying to right. get them to fill out that form, follow that CTA, whatever that is. Whereas the pillar page is just more, it, it's exactly, it's segmenting uh, to mm-hmm. be more clear of what's offered in that uh, certain location, just based off that example.
0: Yeah. I say, cause you could be, you know, running paid ads or something with the, I, you know, I say, it, and it can depend really on what type of your business. Like you say, keeping everybody in a, you know, stuck on that page and getting them to take action is appropriate in some cases. But, you know, if you're a service business or something and you offer multiple things, you know, you want people potentially to look around because, you know, to see what else you have to offer because there yeah. might be more opportunity, you know, that you'll have for business with them. If they know that you're capable of more, it may be that they need some additional things mm-hmm. um, that, you know, well, they might not be included in how they got, you know, onto your site. Mm-hmm. You know, but, there are some stuff that they're thinking that they need and you actually offer. But if you silo it like that, you know, like say if you're only thinking kind of one-dimensionally, hey, this is what we offer, then the problem can be that you miss an opportunity because they're looking for somebody else that offers these other things. Mm-hmm. And you do, but you didn't tell them. So yeah. if we're thinking holistically, we want a much broader view. Look at all the pieces you know, that are going on. You know, so like, how do you... How do you encourage, you know, clients to approach that, you know, so if you, if you kind of put a methodology to it, you Hmm. know, it said, Hey, okay, you're going to start here and then you're going to do this and you're going to do this. So how do you, how do you kind of, um, I guess, you know, coach them to get it, you know, to look at a broader picture?
1: Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting aspect to start that conversation because that conversation evolves, uh, as you go, because like, to your point, you know maybe they just need a, a new logo. You know they're not even thinking about a website or anything like that. So there, there's always going to be that strategy conversation, that kickoff conversation of, okay, you need a logo. What are you planning? What do you want to do with this logo? Uh, oh, you need collateral that you're going to be doing with that. Okay, where are you going to have this collateral? How are you going to have access to this collateral? You know, so the, the strategy, um, the it it breaks down into strategy and production. And to quote kind of one of our clients and friends, there's the thinky think, and then there's the do we do. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one.
1: <laughs> we, we, and ever since he said it to us, we're just like, yeah, exactly. That is, there's the, that's the two aspects. And it's that the first step is always going to be that think you think. Um, so let's have that conversation. Let's see where you're at. You know, you need a logo already. What are you going to do with that logo? How, how are you going to use that logo? Um, how how do you store that logo? You know, sometimes it's just simple questions of how do you, how do you uh, take care of your filing system? That opens up a whole nother path of like, Oh, okay, well we just use our, our file folders on our computer. Okay, perfectly Fine. What about all the rest of your business materials? So it's getting down to um, the smaller things that maybe that isn't on top of mind for them. Um, But, you know, asking that next question gets them to, oh, you know, th- we do need a solution for this problem that we didn't even know we had that problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's trying to teach them to be proactive instead of reactive to a situation. Um, you know, so what, what does that necessarily mean? You know, that's just, we need a logo. How are you going to display that logo? Have, do you have a website? We have a, a Wix website. Okay. How is that working for you? Is that, you know, are you able to, access that? Are you able to use it the way that you want to use it? Uh, And then just evolving the conversation every step of that way and understanding, discovering new problems that need
0: solutions. Um, I think your example, like logos are a great example for this, you know, um, because when you're designing, whether you're a startup or an existing business that's doing, you know, a refresh on your brand and such, and you're doing your logo, uh, there are so many ways that you can use a logo. And you have to think beyond the image that you're looking at, you know, whatever that finished product is. Because before you're finished, you have to consider all those uses. Like you mentioned, you know, you have, um, you know, potentially print materials. It could be, you know, electronic material, you know, PDFs and things like that um, that you're going to use it in. And depending on the shape, you know, of it, depending on the color palette that you're going to use, you can either have it really broad or actually limit yourself because, you know, you could pick some colors that if you think about the combination later and how you use them, you know, in different uh, places can be really hard to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Same thing goes with, you know, like say the shapes and stuff, you know, websites are always the best example for shapes. Some logos are horrible in the headers. Yeah. And because they only allow like, if you make a logo that's gonna be really tall, you make the header really tall, you know? And so you have to consider, do you need alternate versions, you know, including, you know, yeah, you could need a, an all white version because you're gonna use it a different way, you know, but the shape can actually matter, you know, a great deal on logos, you know, and I w- the mistake I always see people make is they'll wanna put some text into it that is beyond the name and stuff, and I get that, but can you even read it, you right. know? Like on a way, you know, the the simplest thing is, is if you had to put it on a billboard, could you read it driving by, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and in so many cases you wouldn't be able to do it either because it's too small a font or it's too much text and you can't do it quickly, you know? So I think that is a great example because it's the one thing you have to look at from all different angles. Mm
1: -hmm. And to build off that, like, so you're talking billboard but even thinking smaller to cell phones, everyone is on checking out yeah, the screen website. Search. So if you build, if the if the idea is we only need a logo, all right, but are you thinking next steps of when you do need a website? Because yeah. like you said, if they have a tall logo, how are you going to convert that down to a mobile size? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's all about optimizing and asking those questions to make sure that we are thinking you know, five steps ahead. Maybe we're not mm-hmm. coming up with the solution for five steps ahead, but we're touching on it. We're thinking about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, in the case of branding or a campaign and stuff, there's a lot of different possibilities of how something might be used, you know? So if you're starting in your marketing and you say, okay, well, how's my brand, you know, how's that logo and the use of it? Going to work now if i put it into my campaign if i put it in a, onto the website like i say it could be the colors that are gonna you know in different uses might not look very good you know um sometimes so one of the things too that really kind of kind of comes up with the logos is um, backgrounds you know, like, what are you going to have to, you know, like, do you have an alternative color that is not part of the logo, but is your standard, you know, like a lot of people use grays and stuff like that, that you can put in, you know, because if you design your website, maybe the colors aren't appropriate, but you need a complementary color that then is actually becomes part of your brand, even mm-hmm. if it's not in there. So there's a lot of extra things whenever you're looking at any piece of your marketing, you need to take time to consider it—that's your holistic, you know, approach because you're looking, you know, beyond what's basically obvious and right in front of your face to mm-hmm. all of the things that aren't so obvious.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and kind of. So, what that kind of entails, those, uh, what holistic really means to us, is there, there's the brand that's always going to be important. The brand is going to help drive some of those future things. It's going to help drive the lead generation and uh, the, the overall validation of who you are, um, to, you know, it's cause it's not necessarily important to an incoming client, what your brand looks like, but it validates that you're able to like what you are saying you are. Um, so the brand is important. What the website is, the, how your operations are, um, what your current web presence is, what your social media is, uh, really picking apart each of those things that exist already to evolve it to that next step uh, and and paying attention to where those, where that is for you.
0: Okay. So now let's, let's take this approach a step further. Yeah. Let's talk as it applies to your competition, because you know, you're going to have, if you're, you're going beyond, so you're looking at all of the other things that may be affected if you're doing let like, say brand campaign tu- you know touch points and stuff that you might have. Okay so your competition is part of that holistic approach too in considering them you know, and what they are doing. So you know what do you see on that end? what are like considerations you know that pe- that business owners should be looking at you know, and saying, okay, I'm about to do this. I should be look, also looking at what these others are doing in these areas.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that that's a great question because it's what we think internally is uh, there's kind of two things that I'm going to say is pay attention to trends. You know, it, it is good to be following your competition and cooperating within that, you know, because it, it does it does make sense to pay attention to what others do, are, are doing. And if that's working for them, you know, adapt, learn. Uh, get get to that point as well. Get to a similar level, um, and then the second thought that's in my head is, you really need to know how to do something correctly before you can start breaking it down and doing it uh, your own ways, like a, a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to know what you're able to break before you start breaking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I think that's that's what paying attention to your competition is. You know, it's it's not we like uh, cooperation as opposed to competition but you know, that that's also just not always a realistic view right yeah. there, there are people that are trying to get your same clients they're trying to get the same mm-hmm. prospects and do the same things you're doing but they're trying to do it better and and the thing is we're all in this this world doing this and, and kind of none of us really know what we're doing we're all just trying to pick up those pieces as it come comes across us yeah figure it out
0: well, okay, so I can kind of give a, a local example of, of how you're considering your competition. So we have two vi- really big like HVAC, plumbing, slash, you know, type companies in the area that if you were to look and say, well, they've done really well, what have they done right? How would I emulate that a little bit and stuff? There's there's We go back to logos with this. There's two distinct things that make them stand, uh, stand out. Um, one company, and they're both been around a long time, so they've had plenty of time to build up and stuff, but you take the average, you know, plumbing or HVAC company and stuff, and most of them are not the most memorable, okay? And, you know, it might be they're, you know family name or whatever that they're, you know, how they named it. They really haven't done anything that stands out. If it's heating and air, you know, they've got something that's a thermostat, you know, related lo- you know, piece in their logo and stuff. But there are two um, that are fairly sizable. One uses a smiley face in their logo and that's everywhere you go that it's been incorporated. So they've taken a much broader Approach to it. I mean, it's not just on their logo, like on their website and stuff. It's on billboards, it's on their trucks, it's on everything. And, you know, I say, if I see the smiley face, I know exactly who it is. Yeah. You know? um, and then there's another one, though. So one's named Hiller Plumbing. Neither one of these are clients. Uh, but, you know, I'd love to have them as clients. They're large companies. Uh, but one is Hiller Plumbing. They've got the smiley face. The other is Roscoe Brown. Okay, and that sounds like family name, right? Okay, well, it is, and I think at some point there was a Roscoe Brown, but that dude's probably been dead for at least two decades. Okay, but what they did, and I say, I'm not even sure if it's true, but what I can always remember is their logo, I don't even remember what the exact logo is, but what I remember is part of their branding is an old dude that they call Roscoe Brown, you know, and it might be the original founder or something. And they basically made a, almost a character sketch, you know, like um, out of him and stuff. And he's on all the trucks. So like whatever they put out, you know, they're standing out in the marketplace and that's the point of paying attention to competition because what they've done is creating created something for themselves that in its own way even if they're just a local company and they are fairly large local companies but they're iconic in that way that they're always going to be remembered and so if you're looking at how do i you know cuz they're running those you know those images and stuff as part of their marketing in their you know on their trucks everywhere and so if I see either one, and now I'm sure it's for the pretty much the entire city, you know, and most of Middle Tennessee where I'm at, you see them, you know who they are. Mm-hmm. That's the point of like looking at your competition because they're taking that broader approach to it.
1: Right. Yeah, and that that is absolutely part of that conversation too. Of like, what what do you want? Because it is easy for uh, someone to say we want to build something like that. You know, we want to be recognized by something in that same nature. Um, But then the question turns into, okay, but does that fit into what you are doing already? Does that make sense? Do we need to break the box in that sense of like, okay, you want that. Well, then you need to focus your marketing to make that possible for Uh yourself instead of like, oh, we want that. We want to emulate that. We want to do that same thing. But if you're not going to put in that same kind of effort where it's on everything, it's part of your brand, Mm -hmm. then it's not worth taking that path, right?
0: Right. Well, and they also, those companies put in the thought at some point in time, you know, long ago, you know, into what does this look like from a broader perspective? You know, they said, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I say they didn't start out big, right? Right. You know, they started out probably one truck, you know, at some point and Eventually, they put together everything with that you know in mind, including their colors and you know everything. And now it's like I say, it's become where it's extremely recognizable. You know, same thing with large brands like Apple and McDonald's and stuff like that. The idea being is is that when they went and did it, they looked at what makes them more recognizable in the marketplace, and then how do they utilize it. Mm-hmm. in other places yeah and like I say the same thing goes with you know if you were just putting doing you know a campaign together for social media and stuff the idea would be you know how what assets actually do you have within your organization what helps you stand out mm-hmm. not just hey let's slap an ad together and start running it and see if we get something
1: hmm right right and, and that's that's an interesting aspect Look, like you're saying on social media is to you know what what is the voice that you want your brand to have Mm -hmm. what is you know is it going to be more operational are you depending on what your company is are you manufacturing and it's not really you're not trying to be funny and uh get just the the clicks of like oh look at the staff goofing off or something that that works for people but you know are you operational or are you going to be educational or are you going to stick to uh just you know here's Here's every day in the life of this company. You know, like there's, there's different paths to take and you, you consider that as part of that conversation and how, where it evolves to.
0: Yeah, it's like you take a look at, you know, kind of where you are as an organization. Do you consider yourself a leader in your industry? Do you, you know, are you using, I say a lot of um, marketing things have. Like other side benefits, you know, potentially it could be that, you know, it supports your hiring. You're not doing anything specific. It's because, you know, for from a hiring standpoint, but because of how you're running your campaign, you are bringing up your own the awareness of your company. And if you're doing it in a, in a right way, other people say, hey, I want to work for this company because of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it looks like it's, you know, because it's not just, hey, they goof off in the office or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So you have to consider that, you know, if you're... Um, you know, doing your messaging, like I say, if you're utilizing social media, what does that messaging look like mm-hmm. so that there is consistency? You build a brand voice, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, everything about marketing and the way you're doing things, there's always more to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and that circles back to the meeting where meeting the client where they're at. Right. Making sure that we're not trying to just offer here's all these other solutions that we could talk about. It's meeting them where they're at and making sure that we can fit into what they're trying to do. Um, I feel like, you know, that, that kind of makes me think of, uh, an example that you know, we're, we're client first, right? That's that same, that's re altering that, that language, what that means. Um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people have run into this, you know, we have a client that uses Monday specifically to keep themselves organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're offering solutions for like maybe they're, how do we organize these tasks that we need to get done? How do we need, to, how do we schedule these things out? You know, Cause when you're, when you're a client, you're thinking about your business and you're like, well, these things are all important. I want to get them all done now, but yeah. it takes time figuring out what that, that path actually is. So this client uses Monday, we're going to work our solutions to fit into that task. And sometimes yeah. that means evolving out of that system um, based on what their needs are. But if they're using Monday, they like using Monday, our solutions are going to fit within that box for them mm-hmm. uh, so, so that it doesn't need to break the mold. It doesn't need to screw them up from where they're at. They're still able to do it the way that they're familiar, but it's still helping them along that path.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, I like say when you're looking at, If you're taking a a holistic approach to anything, you want to be looking at a bigger picture. If you're doing a, you know... Don't leave things on such a simplistic thing, you know, so because we get clients all the time, I'm sure you do, that are, you know, as simple as I want more leads. Okay, well, who do you want more leads from? Do you have the capacity to handle more if you get them? How are you going to, you know, if they, you know, contact you, call you, are you, you know. Are you gonna be able to deal with that? And then, you know, what are you going to offer them? Is there something specific? You know, it could be as simple as I want, you know, somebody says, hey, I wanna bring in more business. Think of a restaurant, right? You know, so, you know, they're like, hey, nobody knows we're here. Okay, great, I'll get more people in the door, no problem. Except that, you know, I'm kind of like, I need a deal. Okay, let's put together a coupon. But I'm gonna ask you the question, okay, we use this offer to get them in the door. I know you didn't make money on that. What did you do to get them to come back in the door without the offer? Yeah. Yeah. You know, do you have that figured out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
2: Exactly.
0: So, yeah. You know, and like I say, it's looking at the bigger picture. Um, yeah. You know, I work with some garage door, you know, companies and stuff. And, um, you know, in their case, it could be, you know, they want to do advertising for a specific product. And I'm and I'm like, okay, just because you have some sort of deal on this you know, product, is there enough market demand? Have you actually looked to see if there would be enough people willing to buy this product to make it worth advertising? Right. Just because you can offer it or the, you know, the dealer that you get it from is giving you some incentive doesn't mean that that's going to be the right thing. You know, so there's just so much to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people need to stop looking at just the obvious. Yeah. You know, dive yeah. into it.
1: Yeah. You know, so that, so that that's a good point about deals and like talking restaurants and specific um, coupons or deals to get them in the door. Um, but to like broaden that up of to touch on what you were talking about capacity. Um, I actually, I recently had a conversation with somebody that at, as a fencing company and they were talking about, oh, you know, we're we're not really interested in doing a website work. If our website was any better, uh, I would never see my family. We're already booked <laughs> out. We're already booked out through 2024. Yeah. Okay, so uh, understandable. You're not you're not as interested in talking about a website refresh or whatever they thought that conversation was leading to. But let's talk about other solutions. If you're booked out like that, do you need more staff? Do you need help recruiting? Yeah. Um, is, is that one of the problems? Do you need help with your scheduling systems and the organization of how you're working with that? You know, like all these things do merge in together where sometimes it does make sense of brand refresh and website refresh all those. You know, maybe yeah. that's where that leads. But when when you hear the problem is actually, oh, uh, well, we're just at capacity. We can't take on any more. We can't do anything more. Right, so let's focus on that. Then it, you're telling me the problem is capacity. Let's work through that.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, actually, that's actually a good point, too, is they say that they're at capacity. Okay, great. So that's the perfect time that if you're going to do these things, that's the perfect time to do them. Because if you're at capacity, you have the resources to get them done and you're doing them with with the idea in mind that at some point you might not be at capacity, in which case you want to be able to have things in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, we don't have to turn on a marketing campaign right now, but if you, there are other elements of your marketing that need fixing and improving, you do it when you don't need it. It's kind of like, you know, like I say, go get credit when you don't need the credit because it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah so you, you do those kinds of things. Um, that's the, when you should be looking at it because you can take your time. You're, you're not worried about it suddenly turning around your business or making some dramatic improvement or anything. You know, business is about incremental gains, you know, typically over time. It's not, you know, I say a bunch of, uh, you know, shoot for the moon stuff and help it works out. And then if it doesn't, okay, well now we try something else, you know? So yeah, that's when they want to be doing stuff. Um, and then, yeah, how do you handle more capacity? Because you're right. You could do, you know, it could be recruitment marketing, you mm-hmm. know, especially depending on the industry. Do you have high turnover with employees already? You know, are there things that can be done there? And hey, I'm a marketing company, so there are certain things I'm obviously not going to be able to help with, mm-hmm. but there are some that I might be able to, I say, because, you know, if you could, you know, attract a few more qualified candidates, would you want to do it? And marketing companies often help with recruitment.
2: Right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So what would be your final, like, I guess, takeaways, you know, from it, if, you know, from a business owner standpoint, what should they be, you know, would be, they be really focused on
1: um, the, what, what should a company be focused on in the holistic? So, yeah, yeah I, I think the, the goal is to always get things to be easy. You want your site, your company to be working for you. You know, you you have people checking out your site at night when you're not operating hours, things like that. You want you want it to be easy to understand what you're offering. You want it to be easy to, under, easy to access what you're offering. And you want an easy flow of how to get from point A to point B. So if you are a service-based company, you want a site user, a social media visitor, you want them to understand where they need to go in order to get access to you. Because it's, it's you don't want it to be uh, a puzzle. You don't want, you, you want it, you want it to be very easy to understand in the flow across all media to make sense for who you are as a company. And that that's what we look at when, when we're working with a client, is that we want to make sure it all works together. Uh, operations, branding, social media, your presence, all of that works mm-hmm. together uh, and, and we, we bring that to a whole. That's what we help strategize before we start doing the do we do. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, this has been a great conversation. Mike, you know, we've been talking, you know, taking a holistic approach to your marketing, looking at the bigger picture. Don't be focused on just one aspect of the things you're doing because a lot of it plays into each other. You know, uh, Mike, how would people get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. You can find us at shantytowndesign.com. Or if you just want to hit us up on email, it's info at shantytowndesign.com. my, my wife and I own the company. We were really easy to, to get a hold of and we're paying attention to what's happening. So, uh, shantytowndesign.com is probably the best, best starting point. You can hit us okay. up on chat. We'll, be, we'll, we'll respond there too.
0: Okay. Well, I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, the CEO of Titan Digital. It's been another great episode and thank you for joining us.